Today, we're wrapping up the big game and we're looking ahead to UCLA. Coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski, Cal Hall of Fame quarterback. Today, we are talking about the wrap on the big game from last week. Bears got a huge win, 27-20, much needed at this point of the season. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll also take a look ahead at UCLA. I'll talk to head coach Justin Wilcox, and we'll discuss both the big game and the UCLA game coming up. First, my thoughts on the big game. 27-20, getting the axe back, always huge. Never look down your nose at a win. And so I thought... A fantastic effort by the Bears to get that done. That said, a few spots um, that, that need addressing, and we know this. Had some big staff changes going into the game this year in that Bill Musgrave, Angus McClure both let go, and the offense was not clicking, still didn't really click in this game. Scored six points in the first quarter on two drives, two different field goals, and then went scoreless until the fourth quarter, where Bears scored 21 points, sparked mainly by a couple of turnovers, big turnovers, or takeaways by the defense. So, a huge piece there. Other than that, inconsistent on offense. Weren't able to get anything going, really. Never really established the run game at all. 113 yards rushing on the day. And passing game was streaky. Uh, 23 for 43. Now, the Bears were down a couple times in the red zone, close again. Uh, Jack Plummer threw two uncharacteristic picks. I think he really forced forced both of them. Um, one of them really forced it. Didn't come off. Was trying to throw the touch ball. And yes, there was a little bit of holding. But still, as a quarterback, you've got to know I got to throw it where my guy can get to it and nobody else can get to it. Or don't force it. It was first down. Come back and get it again in the southeast end zone on the first one, and then to the southeast end zone again for the second one. Second one was a slot fade. Threw that ball up over the top, but just kind of hung it out there for his receiver. Didn't have a lot of purpose, or a lot of intention on that pass. And so it was just kind of a, you know, a lollipop out there for the DB to catch. Made it super easy for him. And so both really ill-advised throws by Jack Plummer and things that he doesn't do characteristically. Uh, and so I was a little bit disappointed in that with those throws. Uh, like I said, he did throw for 280 yards on the day. Two big picks, change it big. He did get uh, the touchdown pass when it was needed at the end of the game. And so huge there. Somebody I want to talk about that we don't normally talk about on the podcast uh, because I don't mention special teams very often. But Jamison Sheehan has been really good all year long for the Bears. His directional kicks, like the fact that he can kick the ball at almost any level, that he can drive the end-over-end ball, you know, that Australian rules fo- rugby or Australian rules football really comes in with what he does. And so Jamison Sheehan was great in this game in terms of changing the field. The Bears' defense played, I thought, pretty well in this game in terms of how much they had to take on that Stanford offense. Not that, you know, Tanner McKee and the Stanford offense was a juggernaut by any means, but there was a lot of reps. The time of possession was a big difference. Total plays was a big difference. I think they had... Uh, 20% more plays in this game. So that's huge uh, in terms of defense being on the field. And so Jamison Sheehan changing field position when he had to. I think he had 157 and 155-yard punt. that really changed the field in the game, gave the defense a little bit of room to work. I thought those were huge. And so hats off to him in this game. Defense was really the big story. 
And Daniel Scott was fantastic once again. Came up, he was a guest earlier on the podcast this year, but came up with a huge strip for a fumble. Jeremiah Irby recovered, who then got stripped by the quarterback Daniels, who had originally fumbled. And then Jackson Sermon picked it up in the scoop and score for the touchdown. Great effort, great heads-up awareness by the defense. Uh, But an excellent job by Daniel Scott, again, instinctively knowing where to go to get the ball and to punch that ball out. Fantastic effort by Daniel Scott on that play. And so uh, he has been a great player for the Bears for a couple of years, and he continues to be a great player. So super happy that he is on the squad this year on defense. Uh, Fantastic plays. Big players have to come up at big times, and he just he did just that. And then later on, same combo. Jackson, uh, Jackson Sermon, once again, in cover, in coverage, underneath, running underneath the tight end, and he forced Tanner McKee to throw a little bit of a high ball because he was in such perfect coverage, such perfect position in relation to that tight end. McKee throws it high. Daniel Scott is there. He gets the interception. Big t- takeaway, and the offense able to punch it in once again. So 14 points off of turnovers right there. Uh, and the Bears added one of their own for 21 on that quarter. But fantastic job by the defense getting takeaways. All year long, they've been really good at getting takeaways. This game against Stanford, also more takeaways. Uh, Excellent, excellent job by that defense of changing the game when they had to change the game. Right now, we'll talk to head coach Justin Wilcox, and we'll get his thoughts on the big game. Coach, a great win in the big game. Always feels good to win that game, obviously. Offensive changes, we talked about it during the week. Let's start there. Uh, obviously, I think the defense was a big game here, but let's start on the offense. Offensive changes, how did that go? Kind of describe what the mechanics were. Yeah, it was uh, operationally smooth. Um, I thought the guys did a good job in the week. The staff did a great job, and then the players um, with the, you know any uh, adjustments that were made. And, uh, you know, not, not the easiest – circumstance but uh I thought they did a great job with it and then during the game uh the operation again was um uh, really smooth you know other than a couple things and then you know play you know in terms of our play we we moved the ball and had a bunch of 10 plus and 15 plus plays we just two really uh costly red zone turnovers and uh we had a number of drops like seven which we was a bit uncharacteristic and then a couple costly penalties so I think if we could eliminate or minimize those then that game probably feels a lot different in terms of how many times we put the ball in the end zone obviously the interceptions Jack trying to make something happen force the ball right it's one of those cardinal sins of quarterbacks that you teach him you got to come off check down throw the ball away and he did throw the ball away a couple times um, what do you attribute the drops to, though? Is it new stuff going on? Is it yeah. harassment because they're playing man to man? What What are we looking at there? Uh, there's not. There's no excuse. I mean, the same routes. They're, these routes aren't brand new. Um, we've still we've been throwing and catching, and they've been throwing and catching their entire football lives. So uh, there's there really is no excuse for it. We just hadn't dropped that many, and we dropped too many, and a number of them are, you know, catchable balls. A couple would have been tough catches, but catches that we expect the good players on our team to make. Absolutely. Jay Knott had a great game, you know, three yards short of a century mark running the ball. He was great out of the backfield, catching the ball. Wheel route in particular was very good for him. Uh, Talk about what you saw in film that, that opened up for Jaden like that. Yeah. um, We really wanted to, we had a a targeted number of times that we wanted Jaden to get the ball running and 
targets in the past game, as well as some of the other, you know, skill players on offense. And uh, in the first half, we really thought we would get it to him and running it more. Um, some of the things they were doing defensively gave us some opportunities on the perimeter, uh, but we came out of the first half not getting him the ball enough in the run game. And so we wanted to make sure and get him more touches uh, in the run game in the second half. And he made the most out of those and they had made a couple adjustments on how they were playing us. And so uh, he did a really good job. I mean, he's just a guy that you need to get the ball to 20 plus times a game. And uh, when he touches it, he can do something with it, whether it's make somebody miss, catch it out of the backfield. The, 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 uh, they were playing us in some man early on and uh, he caught two of them, you know, on the, wheel routes and so I think that probably changed how they played us a little bit yeah get him out of the backfield in space and they missed their matchup on the first one it's great and a nice rub route I told on the air I said you know Cal doesn't run picks because picks would be illegal but a rub route in that case was really nice to keep that end off him yeah uh yeah it's just part of college football is getting your athletic guys in space and seeing if uh, people can tackle them Talk about defense. Obviously, the defense came up huge. Daniel Scott in particular, um, getting those two. He forced the fumble on the scoop and scoop and score, right? The double scoop and score. Uh, and then got the interception at the end of the game. So talk about Daniel Scott, what he did, and and how big it was to get those turnovers. Well, in order to win at this level and, uh, you know, win on a consistent basis, your good players got to make good plays. And Daniel knows what to do. He's been doing this a long time. He's a good football player, and I think that showed up. I mean, he strips the guy, uh, causes a fumble. Jack picks it up, runs it in after a you know fortuitous bounce on the second fumble. Um, and then Daniel makes – he's involved on the third and one stop, forces a punt, and then he has the pick in two-man where he overlaps the guy, intercepts it, and runs it back, and we score. I mean, that's how you win. Plays like that. That's how you win. And so there's no magic defense – um, you know, you try to put the guys in the best position and give them the best scheme we can for the opponent we're playing. But ultimately, it's the individual plays like that uh, that you need to make in order to win. And he made them. Yeah, I mean, and now with run game and run fits and everything else, you know, match coverage, all that. Safeties actually have a lot on their plate with what they have to do, being both deep defenders and overlap, you know, overhang players kind of in the run game. So you need smart guys playing that position, don't you? Yeah, the safeties and the inside linebackers got to be – they're tied into a lot of things. And um, Daniel, and, you know, like Elijah Hicks was and and Jayhawk and Ashton and Craig is cut out of the same old, but, you know, very heady and understands what's going on and sees the big picture and got good instincts. And I think you to be a, a really good safety, you got to have some of those things. You know, it's not – you need the, the physical tools, but you got to have some instinct and you got to have some awareness to play – effectively at safety uh jack sermon another guy who played really well on defense again has been kind of a, a super stable guy inside doing the right thing all year long he got that scoop and score talk about his game yeah jack's just been so uh steady throughout the year uh, seems like you know just where he needs to be uh makes the tackles plays physical uh was around the ball on the scoop and score again great job by daniel and then him scooping it up and running it in and and then on the interception, being in really, you know, exactly where he needed to be in, in the two-man two that we were in, inside and underneath, really close to the tight end. So the ball has to have a little air on it. And then Daniel picks it. Great play by Daniel. Great coverage by Jack. And so he uh, he's done a great uh, – just excellent job for us. 
Yeah, for a guy who came in as a run stopper in Jack, he's actually been pretty good in coverage. He ran with the back. I want to say it was at Washington, too, where he was right in his hip. Like, he showed some real speed and, and great knowledge of angles in the way he covers. Yeah, he just uh, got a real good feel for the game. You know, he he understands that when the back's chowed in his alignment, you know, and cheated out wide, like, what his issues are. He's going to get wheel or angle route. And most good players cheat a little bit, you know, not cheat by, you know, committing penalties, but cheat the drill like you're eliminating plays before the ball is snapped all right if you see the picture you you can eliminate some things based on what the offense looks like so you don't have to defend the entire playbook you're defending you know a couple things that you got a head start on and that's just being a veteran and being a smart player I was laughing now that's when you can tell when a player's starting to get it when he starts cheating the drills in practice so he gets a better angle then that carries right over to the game I always talk about it defenses that cheat and gamble are the hardest ones to play against as a quarterback. And if you got guys that can do that consistently and effectively, boy, it, it puts you in trouble on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Right. Uh, talk to me about what the big game win means for this team emotionally, physically, obviously you've had a couple losses in a, in a row yeah. and these guys have played hard. There's, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that, but winning the big game adds some juice. Yeah, absolutely. As we know, the, Fans here, uh, you know, the student body, it matters a great deal to a lot of people. And the environment there was incredible. Fans were awesome. And the players feed off of that. And, you know, I think we could have, you know, played better offensively and put that game, you know, might have felt different in the fourth quarter had we finished a couple of those drives uh, better. But, you know, the way that the game finished and getting the scores in the fourth quarter – uh, it's a great story and one, it'll be a game that, you know, all the guys on the team remember for a long time. So I'm very proud of them. They have competed hard. We haven't played, uh, you know, well enough as consistently enough during the season, but I'm very proud of them for their effort. And we just got to continue to build off of that. And I think it shows the team what we can be and what you can do here. And, you know, it's our responsibility to play better football more often. And then we'll draw, you know, the fans will get in there and support them. Yeah, well, absolutely, they'll support him. I mean, you get a sellout crowd in the big game like that. When Cal wins a lot, they'll average, you know, now that the slower, you know, or smaller capacity, they'll average 45, 50,000 a game. So you just got to win, you know, win consistently and do it right, do it the Cal way. So love seeing that. As always, Coach, happy about a win, uh, but looking forward to UCLA as well. We'll talk, pick up that conversation about UCLA in a second. Quickly, my take. UCLA starts and stops at DTR. So Dorian Thompson Robinson, Six-year quarterback. He's had five years as a starter, so he has played a lot at that position. Um, he is a guy who has all the athletic tools that you could ask for in a quarterback. And up to this year, I wasn't in love with his game. He wasn't great. Uh, he would he would panic under pressure, and he would throw big interceptions in times when he needed to hold on to the ball, when he needed to be sharper as a quarterback. And so that was my biggest criticism on him coming into this season. His athletic tools, maybe the fastest quarterback in the Pac-12. Uh, he is lightning quick. You know, last year, just using his legs, he was able to outrun perfect defense. And uh, he hurt us last year. He can do the same thing this year. He's, he is incredibly fast. He is talented. He runs like a running back. He is, I said, athletic at all, all get out. And so starts and ends with him. He can also throw. Oftentimes, those guys that are that kind of athlete aren't great throwers. DTR can throw. He's accurate. He's got a good arm. He can spin it. 
uh, and he makes pr- really good reads this year as opposed to the last couple of years. Uh, he's been excellent with the football up until last week versus USC, where you could tell right away he was so hyped for that game that you knew something was going to go wrong. And he th- ended up throwing three interceptions all on him, and he fumbled the ball away too. So four turnovers that he was responsible for. Uh, and they were the difference in that game versus USC because the Bruins had a chance, and he threw an interception to end the game uh, for UCLA as well. So he got himself in trouble because he was too hyped up. I imagine he will not be hyped up coming into this game. I I think the best chance for the Bears is that UCLA has a hangover from that game, that they are dejected, that they're down from that, and that the Bears can play at a high level again uh, and find some offense in there. Along with DTR, his main receivers, uh, Bobo, is a fantastic, big wide receiver. Transfer from Duke. Uh, really good football player out there. He runs good routes. He catches the ball like crazy. He is a size mismatch. He is faster than he looks. He runs really good routes. And so he's a guy that uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson targets over and over again. He's kind of a hybrid receiver tight end type. Uh, but he's really good in that offense, uh, and he does a nice job. The other receiver, Casimir Allen, very good out there. We know about him. He scored a couple touchdowns last year against us, had an opportunity for another one, but he dropped the pass. Super fast, lightning quick. He's a return guy, uh, and he gets open in space. So another electric player. They will try to get him the ball in space on swing routes from the backfield. They'll get him the ball in the fly sweep. They'll do stuff like that with him. And so he's a very good football player as well. And then – the dude who I think uh, is probably the best back in the Pac-12, Charbonnet. He is an exceptional football player. He is tough. He is smart. He does an excellent job running the ball. He is really hard to bring down on the first tackle. And so he is a guy that the Bears are going to have to be very considerate of uh, when he gets the rock, try to get two and three hats on the ball when he has it because he breaks tackles all the time. He is the guy they turn to in the short yardage situation when they need the three, four, five yards, uh, Charbonnet is there to get it. So he's a pretty special player. He will be playing on Sundays. And I really like his game as a running back. And so they've got four dudes, and that is tough. When you have four dudes on offense, it is tough to kind of pin them down, to force them to play one way. Uh, I talked to Coach about that, about what you do against a team that has so many tools and so many assets how do you play them? This week, let's turn the page. You've got UCLA. Really good football team coming in. Really good offensive football team coming in. Uh, a quarterback who is dynamic, but who in the big game versus USC uh, had four turnovers, three interceptions, and a fumble. Talk about what the game plan is going in against UCLA. Well, the QB is a unique talent. He can run, extend plays. The, you know, Chip does a – Awesome job with their system. Um, they know what they're doing. They run, you know, some similar plays out of different looks every week. They have answers somewhat to what an option offense would do. Like whatever you have, they're going to have an answer off of it. And when they include the quarterback in the run game, you know, the math gets tough. And then when the QB can throw the ball like he can, like, well, then your coverage, if you, you know, if you're, you're playing some run defense, you get too heavy on it. Like he's a good passer. So there's a reason they score so much so often. 
Yeah, you have to be exactly right, both in your numbers, and then you have to play your coverage perfectly, right? You either commit to man, pack the box, try to stop him, take the edges, or you try to kind of buffer it in your coverage, and now he can run on you as well. They can run the ball inside. Chip's always been really good in the run game. His run game stuff has been kind of cutting edge, usually. He's got a great back in Charbonnet, uh, running the ball inside. How hard is it when you have a team that's so balanced there? about almost 3,000 passing, 2,600 rushing on the year. That's really tough when they're so balanced. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They're, they've won running and throwing. And, uh, again, you add the QB into the run game and as an effective passer. it's a, It goes to show you, I mean, they, the defenses that they played against and scored against, you know, those guys aren't dumb. Those coaches are good coaches. There's good players, but there's um, – they have built-in answers, and uh, they do a good job with it. So we're going to have to play very, very uh, well on defense. You know, we're going to have to play physical. And you're going to have to win some one-on-ones, like meaning if we're playing, you know, the C-gap, and we got to be able to get rid of a block and make a tackle. Or if we're in man coverage, like we're not always going to have, you know, two-on-one, for example. Like you're going to have to win one-on-ones against teams like this, uh, and that's going to be the key to the game defensively. And Charbonnet has been a guy who has defeated a lot of one-on-ones running the ball during the year, 1,200 yards rushing. Talk about him as a back. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, about 220 pounds. He's a big person, uh, very good runner, strong, breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, so it'll, you know, once the first guy gets there, we're going to have to rally to the ball. And, uh, you know, he's he's made a lot of guys miss or ran through tackles. So there's a he's an NFL running back. And it'll be a great challenge for the guys on defense. They're, they're excited to play against a guy of that caliber. Yeah, and usually if you can have three guys that are dynamic that do something, quarterback, running back, receiver, right, then it, it stretches defense. They have four, really, Jake Bobo and Casimir Allen out there as well. Talk about those two receivers, what they present as an obstacle. Yeah, Bobo is a good player. He's big, uh, catches the ball well. Casimir is really quick and fast. We know that. We've seen him before. Um and, you know, they got the running backs. So when you take those guys and, and the QB, um, I kind of go back to that's that's why they've been so successful. they got a good system and there's really good players in it. Yeah, you talked about numbers for the math, right? And just for people at home, the math is when a quarterback's quarterback, you can play 11 versus 10 on defense. So you got one extra guy. When a quarterback's also a running back, now you got 11 versus 11. And it stretches the defense thin, so it makes it tough. Offensively, uh, they have Liatu Latu. Right. Transfer from Washington. Really good football player. Nine and a half sacks on the year. He's the edge guy. Edge guys have given the offensive line problems this year. Talk about what your answer is there. Well, it's not one answer. It's going to be different things. You know, whether we're running the ball, throwing the ball, reading them like they're just different ways to try to support the offensive line and the guys blocking um, against him and and his uh, teammates. I mean, they're, they're really good up front. They rush the quarterback. Well, um, they're, they've sacked the QB a lot. So obviously we have to be prepared to handle that. And we're going to need, need to do a good job of, uh, putting drives together and converting on third downs. Like that's going to be a key to the game, uh, is our offensive third down conversions. And then when we have chances to hit a play on them, that we take advantage of it and move it in chunks. Um, so they're good defense. Um, again, they got good players, and Leotu is a, a really talented player. Yeah, and last week, third down conversions was an issue. Got the win anyway, but third down conversions have to be better, right? The championship level is about 
And so you talk about third down conversions. These guys score 40 points a game, but they give up 400 yards a game in offense too. So there's opportunity there, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, there's always opportunity when you go out and play, but we need to do a better job staying on the field. And then when we get in the red zone, scoring touchdowns. So that is a function of the third downs that we're calling and the third downs uh, can execution, you know, the, the blocking, the catching, the throwing, the catching, like we can do a better job there of just the simple things. And, you know, the numbers last week increase pretty significantly. And then you have a chance to run more plays. You know, last week, one of the things is we talked about the reason we wanted, we needed to be about 75 plays. And the reason we weren't is because we didn't convert some of those third downs. And so you have a chance to stay on the field, run more plays, score more points, and uh, we'll need to do a better job of that this week. Yeah, and keeping the ball away from their offense, absolutely essential this week for UCLA coach. Appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on the big game win again. Uh, looking forward to seeing this final game of the season. All right. Thanks, Mike. So that's a look at the Bruins. Uh, obviously, Bears have their day cut out for them on Friday. It is post-Thanksgiving. It is Joe Roth game. It's also, by the way, the Joe Starkey game. Uh, Joe's last game, my partner. So uh, looking forward to honoring him. Uh, and it's bittersweet. Obviously, he has been great. Helped me start my career. And so I'm a huge Joe Starkey fan. Uh, on top of that, my partner and my friend. So big day for Joe Starkey, big day for Joe Roth tomorrow, obviously, in the Joe Roth game to uh, commemorate the fantastic Cal quarterback, Joe Roth, uh, died of cancer in 1976. So fantastic player as well. If you don't know about Joe Roth, you should definitely look him up, find the book uh, written by his mother, Lena. Uh, it's a good book, quick read, and it tells you a lot about him as well, but a great part of Cal history. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. I am looking forward to seeing people at Memorial Stadium tomorrow. I appreciate you guys watching. I personally am thankful for my Cal family. You have all been fantastic to me over the years since I arrived as a freshman, and uh, you continue to be fantastic today. So I am thankful for you uh, and everything that you bring to the university and that you give to the football team. So thank you very much. I appreciate you for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski. Go Bears.